Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. It's not Wendy Nola today. For those who missed my earlier comments, Wendy is uh, involved in an event that she just could not step away from uh, this afternoon. And as uh, we are delighted to have uh, an alternative guest who I will introduce you to in just a moment or two. But first, before she left, Wendy did ask me to share some feedback with you that arose from last week's conversation around the so-called teacup pigs. Uh, just for the sake of those who missed it, um, you need to know that concerns were raised around pig breeders misleading potential buyers as to the likely size of their pet. We heard several case studies of buyers who were told that their cute little piglet wouldn't get higher than 45 centimeters but who ended up with full-size, fully-grown adult pigs that weighed in at between 100 and 150 kilograms and were substantially taller and more statuesque than 45 centimeters. Uh, As a matter of interest, it might interest you to know that we had several other buyers contacting us after that show aired to say, yep, me too, also sitting with a pig that is about six times larger than what we were led to believe it would be. And the result was pigs having to be rehomed with great difficulty or in some cases sadly being put down so the long and short takeaway from that conversation is that there is no such thing as a mini pig a teacup pig there are some breeds that are inclined to be smaller than others there are ways of keeping pigs small by underfeeding them and by interbreeding runts of the litter for example those are not practices that we want to see encouraged by any way shape or form and buyers need to do their homework before they invest in what they think is going to be a tiny pet pig but one of the questions we couldn't deal with last week was the issue of whether it is even legal to keep a pig as a domestic pet in an urban area. One of our listeners asked the question saying, hang on a second, many city bylaws don't allow hoofed animals to be kept in such settings. We spoke to a pig sanctuary who confirmed most municipalities would not issue permits for that. And Wendy did say she had reached out to the city of Cape Town to ask what the position would be in this city. Um, their comment came through just too late for us to reflect last week, but we did receive it uh, earlier today. And uh, the response from Councillor Zahid Badruddin of the uh, city of Cape Town the MACO member for community service and health was as follows. The city's environmental health department can confirm that prior to the repeal of the environmental health law bylaw part two, which was replaced in 2010 by part five of the animal keeping bylaw prior to that, the keeping of pigs in a residential area was not permitted. When that animal keeping bylaw part five came into effect in 2010, a few applications were considered for miniature pigs. In all cases, the premises had to comply with space requirements, comments from neighbors had to be obtained, and a letter of confirmation that the pig was of the mini variety, ha ha, from the breeder. Applications for keeping of pigs would only be considered under the circumstances mentioned above. The buyer also has a responsibility to ensure that the seller complies and has the necessary permissions and proof of breed in place. This is the key thing. The city is currently busy amending the animal keeping policy and the bylaw, and it may be that no further applications for pigs will be permitted. Um, so it sounds like the situation is going to change Imminently, but that is a summary of where we currently stand. And thank you very much uh, to Councillor Badruddin for getting that feedback through to us.
With that, let me introduce the guest who is going to be standing in for Wendy today. We are so grateful to have lawyer Trudy Brookman with us for the remainder of the show. Uh, Trudy has over two decades experience as an attorney. She's led her own firm specializing in consumer law since 2013 and has focused on the Consumer Protection Act since it was a thought in draft form. Uh, as a result, she's handled a number of key case, cases, including uh, the landmark uh, case around timeshare contracts, which we're going to talk about a few minutes from now. We're also going to spend some time chatting about some other consumer issues, including difficulty clearing one's credit record and whatever else you may bring our way. So a reminder that if you want to join the conversation or ask a question, you are welcome to call in on 021-446-0567 or to leave a voice note on 072 one five six seven. Trudy, we so appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for stepping into Wendy's shoes for us, and welcome. Thanks so much, Pippa. I'm nervous that you're making me sound old, but otherwise, oh. I mean, I don't mind having experience. <laughs> I was hoping to make you sound as experienced as you were, not old by any stretch of the imagination, Judy. Um, shall we start with the timeshare case just for a very brief update? We're not going to go into it in any huge yes. depth, but but can you give us a sense of, of where the case is and just some background to what it is that you are busy building? Absolutely. Um, so what happened um, in my in my practice is that um, I got hit by an absolute tsunami of people wanting to get out of timeshare contracts. Now, a timeshare contract doesn't normally in the in the contract itself there isn't a, a lex commissoria or, or a right of cancellation. Yeah. So as a consumer, you're stuck in that slip on contract and you'd really struggle to get out. Um, We eventually figured out how to cancel these contracts. And in the context of that, um, we realized that actually the contracts, uh, a lot of them are invalid from the beginning. And a lot of other ones, or often the same ones, are also um, unenforceable because the timeshare company has breached the contract. So you have a you have a great re- a great method of getting out of the contract, um, number one. But more than that, you're entitled to claim your money back as a timeshare um, consumer from that first levy, well, the, the initial payment that you made for the points um, all the way up to the last levy payment that you made um, because it's an invalid contract. Um, wow. So as a result of that, we have um, pursued the idea of going to court on behalf of a huge group. By now, we have, um, I've just checked with my PA, we have 599 wow. timeshare clients and we're a, a tiny firm in Cape Town. Um, so, um, so the idea is that we will, um, we initially thought we'd do a class action, but that's very complicated in South Africa. So instead of that, we're doing a test case. And we want to do a test case on behalf of two groups. Um, those timeshare consumers who signed their contract before the Consumer Protection Act became effective. That's yeah. the 31st March 2011. And then uh, um, a, a second um, plaintiff in the case will be an example of a person who signed since 2011. Okay. Um, what we've what's happened to us is that we have a, a lovely um, trust which uh, represents a, disab- a disabled lady or has a beneficiary as a disabled lady, and then some brothers and sisters who have timeshare that they inherited into the trust from from dad. Yeah. And um, and they're our pre CPA group. But for the post CPA group, I had a, a lady who has unfortunately developed dementia, and I can't oh, sure. I can't use her anymore as my plaintiff as a result. So I'm looking for a plaintiff. I have an idea that I may have some 
someone. But if there is anyone out there who who bought um, Timeshare with Quality Vacation Club since 2011, um, they're up to date with their payments. They can tell us whether they have had any holidays. Many of my clients have never managed to get even a single holiday. Um, uh, but if they can give us records of the holidays they have had or tell us, no, Trudy, actually I didn't manage to get a single booking. Um, and, and we're looking specifically, and this is where it gets a bit more tricky, we're looking for a person who doesn't have assets in their own la- name. And this is just in the unfortunate um, uh, risk, risk um, of, of litigation. Yep. We don't ever want to have a person who has to take the rap if, uh, if we lose any of the rounds in this, in this right. uh, case that we're bringing. So we want someone who doesn't have assets so that you can rest assured even if, if, if we lose, you don't lose anything. So <laughs> that's the person we're looking for. Where we at with that is that our advocate is sitting with the details. Um, we're expecting to meet with him again in a week or two um, to finalize the summons. We have a, a senior advocate in Pretoria waiting for the first set of, of the summons, uh, the first draft of the particulars of claim of the summons, and then the idea is to go ahead. So if you are that person, please contact us quickly. Otherwise, we're going to go ahead with the other lady that I have in mind. Okay, Trudy, um, while we're talking about it, how do, uh, if anybody fits, 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 uh, fits that bill and, and would like to get in touch with you, how would you like them to contact you? Oh, any way you like. Um, we have a business WhatsApp, which is the numbers available on our website. And you can find all of our other phone numbers and email addresses as well. It's www.brookman, www.brookman.co.za. So I'm Trudy Brookman. You can also just Google my name. I'm Trudy, all the Afrikaans spelling, Trudy with an I-E and Brookman uh, with an O-E. Okay. And two <laughs> um, N's and on, on the end of it. And two N's at the end. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe your, your ideal plaintiff is listening to this interview and will be in touch oh, after the show, Trudy. Let's hope so. Before we leave the timeshare issue, William in Wetton has just WhatsApped saying, I'm paying a 700 rand a month levy per month and qualify for 40 points, but I'm no longer interested in my timeshare what would be the easiest way out of this contract if i could call it that (laughs) any suggestions for william it depends a little bit which timeshare company you're with um if you're with quality vacation club which is has got i think the biggest market share and that's why the majority of our clients um are with them they're quite sticky and you probably need a lawyer to write a cancellation letter for you if you're with one of the others you can try cancelling yourself. Don't say that you're cancelling because you um, because you can't afford to pay. Say that you're cancelling because they've breached the contract and because their contract is invalid in terms of the law um, and see whether that works. If it doesn't, give me a buzz and we can do a cancellation later. Um, our, our, our fees are less than your, than your levies would be in a year and, of course, it stops the levies forever. Okay, thanks for putting it into that perspective. So, William, something for you to consider uh, without you telling us which company it is. Uh, that'll obviously impact uh, which which direction you go. But thank you very much. Uh, so, Trudy Brookman is our guest uh, and uh, a specialist in consumer law. Uh, I'm just going to repeat those contact details. And then after the 2.30 news headlines, uh, we'll move away from the Holiday Club conversation, although you're very welcome to continue commenting and asking, asking questions on that. Uh, we are, are going to have a conversation about clearing your credit record, um, something would actually in some of these cases relates back to people's timeshare contracts anyway. Uh, but it is Trudy Brookman. Brookman is spelled B-R-O-E-K-M-A-N-N. www.brookman.co.za is the website to visit. 
Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. I'll be back with Consumer Law Specialist Trudy Brookman. Trudy, a couple of people sending through WhatsApps during the news in response to the discussion of timeshare contracts. Uh, interesting comment from Anonymous saying, I've managed to get out of my timeshare with uh, QVC. I engaged them on their unfair practices and said we would, we could, and the fact that we could never use the timeshare, etc. They then conceded and we came to an agreement that we will pay for this year after which it will be cancelled. Does that sound like a, a reasonable settlement and a common one, do you think? Um, it sounds okay. I'm very impressed because the gentleman has saved himself the legal fees. Yeah. So maybe, hopefully, that's about equivalent to what what the year's levies are. I, th- I think it's a bit more. Um, but in principle, if they have if uh, QBC breached their contract with you, you don't pay a cancellation fee. You should just be released from the contract, and that's the end of the story. In fact, cancellation of a contract if the other party has breached the contract, hasn't met their contractual obligations to you, for example, giving you accommodation mm-hmm. every year when you have paid your levy every year, um, then um, you don't pay cancellation fees and you are, you are entitled to cancel um, without giving notice. You can just notify them the contract is now cancelled in, 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 in response to your breach. So, um, an okay outcome, very inspirational that when, that the consumer managed to do it himself. Congratulations, yeah. sir. Okay. And good luck to you. May that please be the end of the story. I hope we don't get a follow up mm. next year to say, oh, they've reneged. Um, somebody asking, is this possible to, cl- to claim back the value of the points membership with Flexi Club? Um, th- the story is this. They said we had a 28 year membership of the club, which was successfully ended with the help of uh, the Cape Talk show. Can we now, um, can you ask about how a points membership can be claimed for the value of the points that were still there. Is that possible in your experience, Trudy? Let me just make sure that I'm understanding the question. Um, do they want to continue using the points or do they want to uh, re- recoup the money that they paid for the points I think recouping initially? the money, yes. I think that one. Yeah. Yes. So it depends, on the, it depends on the basis on which you cancelled with FlexiClub. If FlexiClub sent you a document saying, I, uh, this is in full and final settlement of the dispute between us and the contract is now cancelled and you don't owe us anything and we don't owe you anything, then you're stuck because then you can't go back and, and stand for the points as well. Yeah. If there wasn't something like that, then in principle, yes, you, you can still claim for the, uh, for the, the purchase price uh, that you paid for the, for the points, potentially plus interest over all of wow. these 28 years. Okay, it's potentially huge sums of money, Trudy. I mean, it's extraordinary how many people I think um, still need to be reminded that the, the, this possibility is there for them. I meet so many people who are sort of resigned and gritting their teeth to 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 being perpetually bound to this company that they don't want to have a relationship with anymore. It's it's so important to remind them it doesn't have to be that way. Now, Trudy, the experience of so many of these timeshare contractors has actually led us into our next discussion point around clearing your credit record because it is the client's story with a timeshare company that led to them being uh, blacklisted in the first place. Um, uh, And you've, you've had a client who's had a real struggle to clear his name as a result of this. Won't you just tell us a little bit of the background. The reason that I'm mentioning this, Pippa, is that I suspect that there are lots of other people who are in exactly the same position as my poor clients. So um, I'd like to get the story out there um, just in case there are more people with exactly the same struggle and and frustration and see whether we can't change things um, for, for the better. So 
what happened was that my client uh, purchased um, uh, timeshare with Flexi Club, then realized he couldn't really afford it, he wasn't getting value for money, and um, contacted us initially in 2019 to inquire about cancelling this. When clients contact us, we say to them, now stop paying your levy because we have ascertained that these contracts are in fact invalid, so don't pay on an invalid contract. Stop paying and we'll, and we'll cancel it for you. Um, by the time we can, had managed to cancel it, as I've said, we have a, a whole backlog of, of clients, um, uh, a huge uh, number that we're cancelling for. So we got around to cancelling for him um, on the 3rd of June. But by that time, um, the client had already been blacklisted by FlexiClub. So okay. that means that FlexiClub had put through the information that he was overdue on his account um, to clear score. Um, which is an, uh, one of the credit bureaus affiliated with um, Experian. Okay. Then we cancelled the uh, the contract on the 3rd of June, and on the same day we sent a notification, sent, sent our cancellation letter on to ClearScore and lodged a dispute for the client to say, Oi, um, <laughs> this in fact was an invalid contract. There's a dispute about this contract. Our client shouldn't have paid a cent in any event, so you need to reverse the listing. It's an incorrect, inaccurate yes. listing, uh, listing him as a bad payer. So what happened was that he was listed by both Flexi Club and an associated company with Flexi Club, Club Leisure. Um, so it's in, uh, basically the same group of companies, um, and both of them listed him. Yeah. In response to our lodging a dispute, um, the Flexi Club listing was reversed, but then the Club Leisure one just remained for no reason that we can ascertain. Um, credit bureaus are supposed to respond within 20 days. Um, what happened was all of this is in 2020. So we're sitting from the 3rd of June toward the end of June. That's 20 days. Nothing happens with a, um, with a, with a flexi club listing. And we need to, and we need to, sorry, the club leisure listing. And we need to reverse that. We need to get them to, to respond to us. So we call their call center. Then we were informed that Experian has closed down the call center and it's still closed down oh, on gosh. account of COVID-19. So you can't get hold of a human being. Um, we've emailed so many times. Uh, initially for months, there was just no response. And eventually by August, we um, then approached the credit ombud, which is where you complain about credit bureaus as well as the national credit regulator, which is the other option. Both of those courses and that's what really frustrates me i mean a credit bureau is there to uh, provide a particular service and you you know they may or may not provide a good good and accurate service but the regulators are supposed to keep them in check and yeah. where the service is inaccurate then the regulator must step in and sort things out the the experience with the national credit regulator has been so frustrating i've been tearing here out um, I've had probably a dozen emails to them and back. Each time they email me to say, that's fine. If you have a, a dispute with uh, Experian, just get a reference number from them and then we'll investigate it. I'm like, I am calling you to say I'm yeah. getting no response. With a credit ombud, they went through the whole, whole exercise of evaluating all the information that we'd sent them. And they said, well... Um, in fact, according to them, the record is correct and we must get a lawyer to just cancel the contract. Now, we've done all of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're chasing, I mean, this is going around in circles, Trudy. Yes.
Yes, it, and I'm sure there are others out there with exactly the same problem. My client wants to purchase a house. Um, he needs to get a bond for that. And in order to do that, he needs a clear credit record. And now the stupid listing is sitting there. It's inaccurate and nobody reverses it for us because the system is sort of broken down. Yeah. I mean, truly, that's depressing as anything. And as you say, this guy can't be alone in, in this predicament. Uh, I mean, what is the way forward? Do you see a way forward? What's the next step? There are sort of two methods. The one is an easy one and the other is is a much more long-term involved uh, thing. Um, I'm hoping for a sort of an intermediary, uh, um, hopefully, solution. Anyway, let me, let me start with the easy one. Um, what happens is uh, if you question a, um, a credit listing where there's a dispute, um, then um, invariably the, the credit um, bureau will come back to you and say, ooh, if there's a dispute, it's a bit tricky, but we'll, we, we, we're not going to automatically just reverse it for you. What we're going to do is we're going to put it to the supplier, to the uh, credit provider, and if they don't respond, then they'll reverse the the listing. Okay. So one can sort of slide in by default if the <laughs> if the um, credit um, provider isn't alert enough and isn't proactive and doesn't respond on time to the credit bureau. So okay. then one can get lucky, and I think that's what happened with Flexi Club, where um, uh, where they do respond. That's where the issue uh, arises, and um, I'm hoping that getting hold of a legal advisor at um, at, at either Experian or um, uh, ClearScore will hopefully resolve the issue. Um, the issue with these organisations, especially where there's no call centre where you can call and say, "Please put me through to your legal advisor," is that if you don't have their email address, it's not listed on the internet. Um, it's a it's a ma- matter of um, climbing over a mountain to get that those details for a proper sure. legal person to deal with the matter. I'm hoping that that uh, will um, give me success for this particular client, um, but it's costing him tons of money because I have to spend so much time and effort to just get the right person on the other side. Yeah, and Trudy, so, I mean, Wendy has said so often. Sorry. Um, oh, sorry, over the course of the last year, Wendy has said so often, "This is the time." for brands and their communication to either step up or fail spectacularly. And sadly, so many of them are failing spectacularly. Everybody can understand the circumstances that things may be different. People may be working from home. Call centers can't operate as they normally would. But surely the most basic thing to do is to make sure there are other channels available to connect with your business if the normal ones are not. It's it's just mind-blowing to me that uh, a credit bureau can cannot have a plan B available um, to people who need to connect with them. Yes, it's astounding. I am going to be writing to um, uh, to, to the body which uh, drafts new legislation to also ask them to just fill in this gap because there are gaps in the law and that is what is, uh, those are the gaps that my client is falling through yeah. and I'm sure many other consumers as well. Okay, thank you for that update. Uh, Trudy, we have a caller on the line who has a question around getting out of timeshare contracts. Shahid and Athlone, good afternoon. Hi, hi there, Pippa, and uh, your guest. Uh, good afternoon. I've meaning to call a while back, but thank you. Brilliant topic. I joined very late. So, uh-huh. I, you know, we got a call from these people um, 26 years ago. Um, you know, come and join us, and you know, you're going to get a holiday. And we went, myself and my wife at the time, newly went, and we sat there, and we were almost, you know, coaxed into signing this thing. And 26 years later, um, you know, we hardly use the stuff. It points, you know, every year. 
goes not goes to waste, but you know if you don't use it within a certain time frame, you you actually lose out. You, yeah. you lose uh, the point. So, but yeah, I've been paying you know for a while now, and I mean I could use this money for my kids' education and a whole range of things because when you want to actually take out these, you know the the holidays it's at times where you want to, it's never available. Yeah. So it's an absolute mess. Um, so I want to get out of this thing definitely and make the money work, you know, fast differently, you know, in a in a in a better way. Uh, I just want to know how we can actually do that. Shahid, you and many others in the same boat. Trudy, what's your advice to Shahid? <laughs> Shahid, can you tell me with with which timeshare company you are? Uh, it's with QVC slash VRS. Okay. Yes. So there was a caller earlier who said that he had managed to get himself out of uh, QVC um, and that the way in which he did that was to point out to QVC the the um, defaults in their service provision to them. If you have proper grounds for that, then that might be a first step. So write to QVC and say to them, um, uh, you, you've been extremely disappointed by their service because you tried to book here and you didn't get that. You have been trying to maybe come, you know, go wherever. You, they don't have suitable accommodation there or whatever your complaints are and see whether that that works for you. Um, the chances are that they're going to ask you for a cancellation fee. In principle, if they have breached the contract, you don't need to pay a cancellation fee and you can say that to them, but maybe... I, I can't really see you getting to a place where you won't have to pay anything um, unless you instruct an attorney. Um, so that, I think, should be your plan B. So see how far you can negotiate on your own. If you're happy with that, um, for example, if they charge you maybe a, a year's levies or, or less than that to, to get out of the contract, decide whether that is worthwhile. Also get a lawyer to give you a quote maybe for cancellation from their side because then there won't be any further fees payable to QVC. And you also have the option of, um, as I discussed earlier in the uh, in this uh, talk, um, to claim back all of the fees that you've paid QVC to date over the 26 years. Um, so I think, yeah, that's really what I'd suggest to you. See whether you can get it right on your own. If not, uh, give a consumer lawyer a call and see whether they can't cancel for you. Brilliant. Thank you for the advice. Appreciate it. Shahid, thank you so much for your call and good luck. I really hope, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that you get the desired outcome. Um, Jenny managed to, she says, I got out of my contract stating I was a pensioner and could not afford the annual 12,000 rand fees. This was with Flexi Club. From what you've said, Trudy, it sounds like Jenny was quite lucky that that worked for her. Flexi Club are a bit more um, law, law abiding than uh-huh. uh, QBCR in my experience. Um, uh yeah, um, and there are ways of cancelling with them where if you cancel at a certain time of the year, you can pay just your fees for the balance of the year, still use your um, uh, your, your points uh, for uh, getting accommodation bookings until the end of that year, and then you can draw a line. So that's actually a much better approach uh, than, than we see with many of the other timeshare okay, um, service for providers. Anonymous uh, telling me on the email they had the exact same problem with Experian that you've just detailed, Trudy, and in their case what worked was complaining via the National Credit Regulator. Uh, she, This person has sent me a direct email address, address for a person at Experian who she said was of great help, uh, she or he, uh-huh. to them. So I will forward that to you, Trudy, in the hopes that maybe that person might be a point of contact that you can work with as well. Thank um, you so, so worth much. Worth a try. Yeah, <laughs> worth a try. 
So thank you to <laughs> thank the person you. who sent that email. And then uh, Ashik listening to that conversation about the credit score saying, I have at the same issue, um, this time involving <laughs> your other favorite company, Home Choice. Uh, the most painful process to have it cleared. I have submitted affidavits countless times informing them I've never opened an account with Home Choice, but they refuse to list, lift the adverse listing. I only found out about it when applying for finance on a car purchase. It is so frustrating. Um, so Ashik in the same boat. Um, and uh, we'll treat you, uh, please let us know if the, the email link to Experian gets us anywhere because uh, if it does, we need to start <laughs> sending more cases that person's way. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what this gentleman can do is to um, is to uh, threaten to report the credit bureau to the uh, national credit regulator and the credit ombud and see whether that assists. And if it doesn't, to actually report it to the national credit regulator and the credit ombud. Both of, of those are free processes that one can do yourself online okay. um, and see whether you've, you have better luck than I do. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. So, Ashik, that's a starting point is to issue the threat and see what happens. Um, mm. Yeah, Anonymous saying, Telcom also in the business of listing people for accounts that have been cancelled and confirmed as cancelled in writing by Telcom, and yet they keep billing. We have written to the credit bureau, but zero response to date. It's uh, sad how often we're getting that refrain. Trudy, the story might tickle you. Um, so Anonymous has just written, harking back to the days when so many of these complainants were hooked into the timeshare contract in the same play, uh, at, at the same point. My parents used to hate the timeshare crowd, they write. They used to target elderly people and would attract interest by holding hardcore marketing meetings masquerading as lifestyle presentations. All who attended were promised some or other free gift for attending, but these gifts were only doled out at the end of the presentation. My folks gleefully described attending several of these sessions and then refusing flatly to sign anything and demanding their free gift. What made it even funnier was that they were singularly gentle folk who were just cut full of these sharks ripping off their friends. <laughs> I, I just, uh, Beautiful. I would love to meet your parents here. Sent that. That's just uh, that's what's before you, uh, Judy. What they described, though, I think a lot of people will will relate to that. That is how so many of these complaints ended up in this boat in the first place, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Um, Heavy marketing, a lot of it misleading. Um, So many people got got, uh, hooked in by, uh, you know, people saying, we'll take over your other timeshare in exchange for this, and then they weren't able to do that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard, um, 599 stories already from clients and a few more. <laughs> and I'm sure a few more to come after this conversation. Trudy, it's been wonderful having you with us on the show today. Thank you so much for uh, stepping in, uh, while Wendy was away and, uh, for all the help that you've given to the Cape Talk listeners this afternoon. We've really appreciated your time. Thank you, Pepper. It's a delightful experience as always. Trudy Brookman, uh, who's specialist consumer law attorney. And once again, if you've heard something that she said that is making you go, this is the woman I need fighting in my corner, uh, please do check out her website, brookman.co.za. It's spelled B-R-O-E-K-M-A-N-N. It's a site worth visiting anyway because Trudy's got a lot of very good general consumer advice posted on the sort of blog section of the website that is really informative and helpful information. So thank you. Thank you again. Wendy Nola will be back with us next week and you are free to keep sending uh, consumer cases our way either by emailing Wendy on consumer at nola.co.la spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R or by popping an email to me on pippah at capetalk.co.za.